Okay, does everyone have a piece of paper? Uh, the handout? No. Handout. Anyone? I'll, uh, I'm going to hand you this. Yeah. Hold on. Who needs one? Anybody? Yeah, you're going to need some pens, to, or just one pen, but I have a couple here, too. Does anybody need a pen? These may or may not work. Also got some pencils. Anybody's a number two kind of person? Okay, and before we jump into this, I want to do a little recap from last time. Um, if you were here, we first talked about what I had envisioned for these four classes, this being number two of four. We talked about setting the historical and the cultural context, right? Where, what are these people dealing with in this time period? What's the culture like, and what is their place in, in history? Uh, and then next, we wanted to look at the literary context, which is what we're going to dive into today. So last time, what, we talked about some of the general info about Corinth. Does anyone, anyone remember anything about that? Lots of people coming through. Lots of people coming through. Why? Why? Why are there lots of people coming through? The the yeah the word that I can't pronounce right the isthmus that uh, connected Achaia to the mainland and so it was much safer to actually take the boats out of the water, drag them across the land for about three and a half miles, then to go all the way around and circumvent the land, which was a two hundred mile very arduous very difficult journey. So that brought in a lot of people. Okay, what what else? Okay, so we have like the the step below the Olympics, the, the games, all right, which brought even more people, a different kind of, of crowd. I'm sorry, there was something else around here? A lot of gods, like Greek gods. Yeah, so a lot of idol worship and a lot of other gods and um, <coughs> Do you remember which one was at the top of Corinth? It was, yes. I believe, right? Yeah. Aphrodite. Um, John. Yes? I was surprised when you said that the sheer the size of it, given without all that, the 500,000, 700,000 people. That's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, just by itself. Just by itself, 500,000 people. Um, and that's just base population, not including the people who are coming through Corinth. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, are there any other comments, by the way, from last time? Anything that you guys were thinking about? Anything that you wanted to share or had questions? Or... <coughs> no? All right. So then we also started to look at the context of the letter as a whole, uh, and we began with looking at the individual members of the church that we knew there, the people who were believers. Um, what was the point of all that? What's the point? Why, why would we take time to look at these names that we're not going to be able to put faces to, and they look funny because they're 
they come from a different language, and some are Greek, and <coughs> most are Greek, but then there are some of these Jewish names. What's the point? I mean, what's the deal? Yeah? So maybe draw a correlation between people that day and us in today's age, so it's more relevant to us? Yeah, because the thing about it is that, yeah, these are these are odd names, and we don't we don't really... I've never known a Titius Justice before. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. But that's about as far as the differences go. Uh, the differences don't go very far when you really think about it. Like everyone is dealing with the same stuff, and the same things that were that these people were dealing with are the same things that we're dealing with today, and maybe in a different place in a different time, but. It's all, it's all the same. I mean, it all... Um, and there are things to be learned from this letter, and when we have a better appreciation of the people to whom Paul wrote this letter to begin with, we then have a better appreciation, I believe, of what the letter was meant to tell them, and for us, what it was meant to tell us. So, now, what I'd like to do is move into this, and... and I'm not entirely sure how I want to do this. I thought about, and we'll probably we'll probably do this. I want to break up for just like five minutes, and we're going to maybe get in some groups. Everybody comfortable with that? Just little groups, and maybe just read through. Uh, we'll we'll each have a section. Uh, your group will have a section. Chapters one through four, five through seven, etc. And what I would like. For us to be able to do, and, and, and does everyone, everyone does have this, right? Okay, what I would like for us to do is to be able to fill in kind of this 1 Corinthians overview here. Just so that, and, and here's, my, here's my hope for this, is that this is a piece of paper that hopefully we can have just kind of a general idea of what this letter is all about. Be able to write notes and stuff, whatever your heart desires in the margins even on the back, and then be able to fold it up and then put it in your binder. And while we're getting to the, the meat part of the class, when Mitch takes back over, when he gets back, that maybe we could be able to open that up, maybe be able to, to consult the information that's on here and be able to have a better appreciation of, okay, how is love patient? And what did that mean to the Corinthians? And why is that important? Are you following me? Are you tracking with me? Everybody good with that? All right. So let's go ahead and split up, and uh, we'll have just multiple groups. And let's just go ahead, if you guys are okay, if you guys will take that first section, chapters 1 through 4, and then the second row, if you guys are okay getting together and doing chapters 5 through 7, and then from Vic over, if you guys would do 8 through 10, and then... 11 through 14, that back row there. And then since there's two, this works out perfectly. Chapter 15, uh, these two rows right here. So, just 15. We're going to leave 16 because technically it's... I say there are like five sections to this because this is really kind of a personal... personal reading and comments. So yeah, 
So uh, you can go ahead if you. Yeah, ready, break. Hey, John. Are we doing the response as well? Are we just? Yeah. Tell me what the. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you for clarifying. What I what I would like is for everyone to just be able to figure out. Okay, what is a one word summary of what this chapter or this section is all about? What is the problem? that's addressed there, and then what is Paul's gospel solution? So, yeah, and before you get into that, I guess I should be a little more clear. Thank you, Alan. Um, there's, there's probably several different ways of, of doing this. this. This isn't like a um, fail-proof. I think there are some, maybe a little, a few issues with this. Um, looking at it this way, I think it leaves it a couple of gaps as far as what the whole letter is talking about. But for the most part, I think, at, at least for our purposes, I think it, it will work out fairly well. Give us an idea of, of what the what the letter is about. So, um, Do you want just, so if there's several different problems in the chapter, what are we doing? Main idea. Just the so main idea. Why, why that chapter is there. Yes. That, yeah, that section. So, yeah. Five minutes.
letter in particular is you have these issues pop up okay that I'm all of you are aware of now right after having discussed them 
there are these issues that pop up, and what happens is Paul essentially goes through and he states the problem, and then he'll turn around and then he'll offer a gospel solution slash perspective on it. Okay, so that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. I should have been I should have been more clear before we started, but so chapters one through four, picking back up with you guys, uh, divisions. All right, what was the problem? I mean, give me some. What do you think? What's the issue there? What about well, divisions? Well, we had them thinking, worldly thinking, being proud of their gifts. Oh, Paul, I am a Paul, I am a Paul, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah, so they were picking sides, yeah. right? They lost their head. And forming cliques. <laughs> Spell that right? Yep. Okay, and and especially, I mean, what's what's the real issue here, especially for the Corinthians? I, I want you to kind of zoom out and try to place yourself back in Corinth, back in the first century. What's the issue with this? They Why lost is their this focus? Okay, they lost their focus. There is only one. But pertaining to, yeah, so so keep kind of running with that. Pertaining to this, why would this be a bad thing for the Corinthians? Yeah, Bruce? Um, I think just so many people being in Corinth at that time, like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. maybe there are so many different groups that that one could join that not all those groups can be right. Yeah, so, okay, and, I, and I'll, I'll like continue with that. I think you're absolutely right. There's This was a culture that was trying to tear these people apart to begin with. <clears throat> Okay, and so now they're like playing right into the, the, the hand of Satan right here. They're picking sides, they're forming cliques, when they should be, what? What's the, what was the gospel solution that Paul offers? Unity. Christ-centered. Unity, being Christ-centered. And, and what's the reasoning behind it? Like why, why be unified? I mean, build, building off of this... Unity because we're all we all belong to Jesus. He's the head. Alright? He's the head. We don't belong to Apollos. We don't belong to Peter or Paul. Because we all belong. Jesus. I, I was thinking about this um, as I was as I was coming here. Um, Alan and I are really different people. Uh, we have different hobbies and and uh, different things. I mean, he's always nice and you know he's, he's he looks like he's got his ducks in a row, and I look like a long-haired hippie, you know. So I, it's like we're there are a lot of reasons. For us to be very, very driven apart. Okay? But the beauty of the gospel is that Alan and I have a love for God, and that's, that's enough. We don't need to be able to play golf together in order to 
enjoy being around each other. We don't need stuff like that because we have Jesus Christ. And that's that's where I think Yeah. Common goals. Right, right. There's a common there's a, a common goal, there's a common root to that goal. And that's the whole purpose of this idea of being divisive. I mean what um, that's totally taking away from what we're trying to accomplish, right? Getting to that goal. So yeah, um, do you guys have any other thoughts on this first this first section here? Okay, we're gonna jump into chapter five through seven. My group back there. What do you think? We put down that the. Uh the main theme was sexual immorality. That was the that is mentioned in every single one of those chapters. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so what about the uh, what's the problem? I mean what what are we talking here? In chapter five we had um, people marrying their sisters, we had um, just all types of immoral behavior going on. Um, and then chapter 6, the, the last part of chapter 6, we uh, talked about like the body glorifying God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chapter 7, we talked about marriage. Yeah. And the answer to sexual immorality. Yeah, so one of the things that, that I think is fairly fairly clear right in that right when you first start in chapter 5 you see it you see a tolerance of those things you see those issues but you see a tolerance for those things okay and let's let's stop just for a moment and and it's kind of one of those things that like we just don't really like to talk about a whole lot for obvious reasons i think What's the issue, though, with this? Like, what are, what are some of the issues that come about because of that sin in particular? I mean, what, what are the consequences? There's all kinds. I mean, there's disease, there's... Okay, so physically speaking... Right. Right? Emotionally speaking. Okay, so there is a... Broken family. Physical, okay, so relationships. Um, I'm going to go ahead and... Yes, thank you. Now focus on the flesh that breaks your spirit. (laughs) There are physical issues that come about. There are relationship issues and consequences. Um, What what does chapter 5 verse 1 say? That it's among you of, of such a kind that even the outsiders wouldn't do wouldn't do this. Yeah, so it corrupts it corrupts the relationships with the parties involved here, but also among the church. Like this is bigger than just that. Uh, it's not an isolated event, okay? But what else does it say? Like somebody read that first verse. I mean, at the very beginning. It's actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you. It's reported. 
So not only are there physical consequences, consequences to our relationships, our spiritual life, there are also consequences as far as our reputation is concerned. And that's the very first thing. I think that's significant. I think it's the very first thing that he addresses as he moves from this issue into this issue. Okay, so what about... What about... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, spiritual... I think we all have an, under, have an idea of what that means. I think that's right. But I'm going to go ahead and throw in our minds as well. Because... There's also an aspect of yes, this is this is sinful and this separates me from God. Absolutely, <coughs> but this isn't something that can be done and is just done. There are lasting consequences for our bodies, for our minds, relationships, reputation, and certainly our spiritual standing with God. Okay, so what is the what is the gospel solution that Paul offers? Marriage. It's marriage, okay. So having a, a sanctity, a, a respect for <coughs> marriage, the marriage relationship, yeah. Love and even more broader, like an appreciation for your body. Mm-hmm. For Why? The holiness of your body, because it's 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 the temple of the Lord. Yeah. This is something that absolutely fascinates me, and it's it. You know when there's something that you, you, you know is in there, is in the text, and you kind of like, man, I can just like hear whispers on the other side of the door. There's something about being, being the, temple, the temple of God. Um, where it started from back in the Old Testament, and then how that imagery merges into the, the New Covenant. There's like way more there than I have an appreciation for. And so, um, yeah. If you have any thoughts on that, I'm all ears. Because I think it's fascinating. Because the whole point of being a temple, like that's where God is, right? This is where God is. We are where God is. That's what is essentially, that's the argument that Paul is making. That we are where God is. And how can we let this abide with this? Makes no sense. Does not mesh. Jason, I saw you in the background. Well, to your point there, uh, kind of going back to the original, sexual immorality is, is so heinous, it's the, it's the only cause for a, a divorce for someone to be able to move on. Yeah. And breaking of a bond. It, it's, it's related to the relationship between God and Christ being the head and the church and whenever the Israelites or us we leave or turn our backs and go to another God it's considered to be an adulterous relationship mm -hmm. yeah. taking that to the next level with us being a temple of God when we have God in our hearts and our minds and everything like that he can't have association with sin so if we are <coughs> using our body for sexual immorality he can't be in there, in that spot. Right. Because he'll have no association with that whatsoever. Right. And so if he's in our physical, if sexual immorality is in our physical life, God's not in our physical life. If sexual uh, immorality is in our relationships, God's not in that relationship. If, he, if uh, sexual morality is in our spiritual thought process, 
and accepting it, God's not there in that. If uh, that's part of our reputation, our reputation is not showing Christ reflecting off of us as Him being the ultimate light and us reflecting a Christ-like life. And if it's in our minds, He's not in our minds. He can't be where sin is. Yeah, yeah. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. Do you have something? Uh, Jason said pretty much what I was going to say. I couldn't have done it that well, but you were I didn't. I couldn't either. That's why I just moved on. <laughs> I, I was thinking that uh, we are where God is, but to turn it around like Jason did, God is where we are if we are Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's just that simple. Yeah, and if this is there, mm -hmm. he's not. Yes? You started out your first class talking about what the culture was of this of mm -hmm. Temple prostitutes were all around the temple. Yeah. And so he uses, the Holy Spirit uses and says, your sexual immorality at home, outside of home, is a reputation. Don't you know when you go up to that temple, that idol temple, you are a temple of God. It uses the same word and says, you are a temple. Yeah, and therefore, that's a really good thought. Really therefore, good. what are you doing? Yeah, that's I, I'm. He goes on to say that with your body and your spirit, they're one in God. Yeah, I feel very confident in saying that that's exactly where their minds went. Like temple, oh well, there's the Aphrodite temple, mm -hmm. where sexual immorality goes is rampant. Um, no, this is the gospel solution, right? So, Bruce, and then we're going to move on, because we got to get going. Um, I wasn't even going to bring this up, because it doesn't really have anything to do with sexual immorality, but what really intrigued me was the first 11 verses of chapter 6, where it talks about brothers doing brothers. So that goes back to the relationship that Jason was talking about, and having that godly mindset with each other. Mm -hmm. God said... We can't have brothers doing brothers because I am the ultimate judge and I'm the only one who gets to judge people. And if we go to an outside source other than God, then then that's not going to be a righteous judgment. Yeah, yeah. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move ahead for a second time. Chapter eight through ten. Is that back row? What you got for me? It's my one word summary. <laughs> We all have one word, we have a phrase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, uh, we got misuse of liberties. Misuse of liberties, okay. I think you're right. What what example does he use? I, I think that's probably a better a, a better summary, but for the sake of having the, a one word summary, and so because I think it would be easier to... Things pertaining fit. to idols. So I'm going to say food. We're just going to say food. All right. Everybody good with that? Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> no. Okay. But what? What's the problem? You alluded to it in the in the summary. But what? What was the? What was the problem there? Well, uh, in chapter eight, uh, you mentioned giving sacrifices to idols. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with eating. 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 <coughs> food that was offered to idols. And in one situation it was okay, but in another situation it wasn't, right? Okay. So I think the problem 
kind of boils down to the, the Corinthians, they were free. They had these liberties, right, in, in Christ. Uh, to eat meat sacrificed to, to gods, which are not gods, right? They're just stone and wood, and that's, that's all they are. But they were becoming a stumbling block both to believers and unbelievers as a result. So they were taking advantage of their liberties. Laughing at my handwriting? I'm kidding. Demanding our liberties at any cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were taking advantage of them at the expense of believers and non-believers. Okay. Uh, and we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, I, I wanted to get into this a little bit more. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of time to do that. So, is everybody, everybody good with this? Everybody... Kind of <coughs> clear as mud, right? Everybody's good with with what the issue was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been touched on a lot. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, Ryan's been Ryan's done a, a, a thing or two on this. Not too late. Not too long. <coughs> so, what is the gospel solution that Paul offers? Nine verse twelve. Which says what? Don't be a stumbling block, basically. Yeah. So, don't be a stumbling block, which means, which necessarily implies, um, that Paul enslaved himself for the sake of others. This says give up everything to save as many as you can. Yeah. Don't give anyone an opportunity. Don't give anyone an opportunity to blaspheme the cross. Um, because it's your right to be able to eat meat sacrificed to idols. Um, okay. Let's jump ahead. Chapter 11 through 14. What do you guys got? Self-centeredness. Okay. Um... Self-elevation. Verse 11, he talks about head coverings and women uh, asserting authority over men. Um, 12 is, is the oh, Lord's Supper. And kind of just making a meal and yeah. get more out of it. And then 14 is speaking in tongues rather than, you know, prophesy and build up the church rather than speak mm-hmm. and build themselves up. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I just have something different. So, but what I want to do is I want to zoom out. I want to zoom out a little bit, okay? And I just want to say, this, I think what this, what's going on here is Paul's addressing just the gathering. I think he's, when everyone is together, when everyone's together, there's a lot of self-centeredness. And that's, the, that's, that's really, that's this part of the, the, the problem part, right? There's selfishness. <coughs> what else? Do you guys have anything else there? I mean, that's kind of the main problem. 
Confusion. There's also a disorder. And then what is the gospel solution that Paul offers? Yeah. Love. And we'll get into that later on. It's the whole purpose. Right. So, okay. That's actually the solution to every one of those, too. It's mentioned in every one of those. Yeah. That's the solution yeah. to their problem. Yeah, so I, I want to jump to this uh, so that we, we have it done. What do you guys What do you guys think? Chapter 15. Resurrection. The resurrection. Yep, that's what I got. You are Paul. Why Occasion is the one that throws me off all the time. Two C's, one S. Anyway. Okay. What was the problem? What was the issue that was going on? There were people, yeah, there were people who were denying it. There were people who, and as a result, there were people who weren't believing. Um, Division. Denial of resurrection. Also misunderstanding. Upsetting faith. Okay. Uh, and what about a solution? What does Paul say? Without Jesus' victory over death, your faith, your faith is futile. Right, right. Absolutely fundamental. Without it, nothing else matters. And and it's interesting because the way that he, he argues this is he starts with, okay, this is what was most important. This was the, the most important thing that I got. And then he goes on to these people who were able to give, uh, were able to, to testify, the first person uh, testif- testifying. Testimony. 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 There we go. I wanted to say testification. Like, That's not right. Hold on. Testimony. First, yeah. So he starts out, and you see how he builds his argument there, though? He starts out with the testimony. Um, this is what's first important, and then he starts out with the testimonies. And then he goes into this argument. If, if Jesus wasn't raised, what are you doing here? That's essentially what he says. He says, what's the point of all this? Like, if, if Jesus wasn't raised, we're just a bunch of idiots. What are we doing here? Why are we living like the scum of the earth if Jesus wasn't raised? What, what did Solomon say? All is vanity? Yeah. That's yeah. the purpose. That's Eat, purpose. drink, and be merry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, man, I had a lot more that I wanted to be able to talk to you about, but we'll jump into it on Sunday. Uh, do whatever you like with these. I would encourage you to maybe hang on to them, fold them up, be able to reference them later on in the class, and hopefully it'll be of help to you. And next week, I'm going to ask uh, homework. You have homework. Uh, if you'll read chapters 12 through 14 for next for Sunday, and uh, that's what we'll be focusing on mainly. And then we're going to get into a little bit of application.
uh, next time. Okay, now here, you come help me. There you go, kid.